Welcome to Design 30. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence. Welcome to Monday, everybody. Today, we are talking about design thinking, which I think is a term that could be overused or it's a term that you see all over the place and perhaps you don't really know what it actually means. You might even use it without really thinking through what does it actually mean? What is the process? How do you actually use design thinking? How do you become a design thinker? So today is going to be the first of a little mini series going through some of the different elements of uh, of what design thinking actually is. And today we are going to be talking about empathy or the empathize portion of the design thinking cycle. But before we get into that, make sure to follow Design 30 on social media and also make sure to subscribe to the podcast and whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. And if you are enjoying it, please rate it and share it with your friends. Okay, so today we are talking about the empathy portion of design thinking, the empathize uh, section or our first part of the design thinking cycle. And it is a cycle. There's all of these different steps or different processes that build up what is known as design thinking. And the reason I want to go through it, like I mentioned in the intro, is it is something that you hear a lot. You hear a lot of people talking about how design thinking principles should be used and how they improve your business. And sometimes I don't think we understand exactly what people mean. We don't understand exactly what they're saying when they say, oh, you need to use design thinking. It's It sounds great. It's a great buzzword. Uh, it's awesome to throw it into presentations or stakeholder meetings or whatever the case might be. Uh, but what actually is it and and why is it important? Why is it is is it really helpful? Is it just a buzzword that people use and it makes them sound smart, it makes them sound like they know what they're talking about? Is that what I'm doing on this podcast or do I actually know what design thinking is? Um, it's something that, yeah, it's worth a deeper dive. And I think it's worth going through each one of these steps in a bit more detail rather than just giving these high level terms, oh oh yeah, you need to empathize and you need to ideate and define and prototype. What what do these things actually mean in real life? How do you achieve each one of these steps? What should it look like? Uh, What are some examples? Yeah, so that is the idea of this this little mini series on design thinking. Um, Before we dive into this first one of empathy. I've done a little bit of research looking into this and just looking up, well, what industries uh, typically or what industries do people say uh, design thinking would improve? Who can use it? Who's it going to actually help? And if you look, there's actually an incredibly long list, which uh, essentially it's almost every business area, right? So there's technology, healthcare, education, retail, automotive, 
finance, nonprofits, architecture, government, food and beverage, fashion, aerospace, manufacturing, entertainment, energy. <laughs> I don't even know energy. Oh, well, yeah, energy. So, so that's everything, right? Like it's it's basically just a process that helps you solve problems. And every business area, every almost everything you do related to your work, you're, you're solving problems. That's all. That's what we get paid for, right? In most jobs, you get paid to solve a problem, or maybe you get paid to build something that solves a problem. But as you're building something, there's always more little problems that crop up. Uh, so we're always solving problems, and it's good to have a process that that helps us solve those problems in the best way or at least the best way that we're capable of and in a way that is going to to be financially profitable because you're actually understanding what the user, who the consumer is, what they need, what problems they have, and how you can meet meet those needs or or solve those problems for these people. And when you solve problems for people, that's that's when you start making money, right? That's how you have a successful business is you're actually solving problems for people. So the design thinking process or cycle has quite a few steps. Um, it depends where you read about it. Some people break these down. You can combine them. You can split them out into even more steps, right? It, it just depends who you're reading uh, or who's providing you the information. There's a lot of different ways to describe this, but I like these steps that I've found. I think it breaks it down enough to where it's these bite-sized chunks you can understand, uh, but it's not you know a thousand different steps in this design cycle. So going through those real quickly, number one is to empathize, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. But then after that, you need to define. You need to clearly define what the problem is, and then you move into an ideation phase where you're coming up with ideas, different ways to solve the problem, things like that. And then you move from there to prototyping. That's where you pick a few of your ideas and you decide to actually prototype them, build them, uh, get them uh, potentially in the hands of users and start testing them, which is the next step in the cycle. You go from prototyping to testing. That's where you're actually you know, putting this product through the ringer, essentially put it in the hands of actual users, putting it in the hands of the people who designed it, who built it, which is also very important. And then from there, you're, you're iterating. You're noticing what didn't go very well, what parts of your design aren't that great, and how do you improve them, right? So that's going through this iteration phase where you're getting good feedback and, and you're taking perhaps sometimes harsh criticism and implementing that in new designs. And then from there, you hopefully at some point uh, get to a product that you're you're ready to release, at least in some manner, to the public. You could call this your beta, something like that, where maybe it's not quite the final finished product, right? But you're you're at a point where you want to get it out to a, a broader set of people, a broader set of users, and that's the implementation phase. And here you can also iterate quite a bit. You can still get feedback. Uh, you start scaling up your production, things like that. And then finally, you're going to go through a learning phase or cycle. And this, of course, you're doing throughout the whole process, through all of these steps. But 
what this means is once you release that product out into the world, your final production version, you don't just release it and leave it, right? You're constantly looking at feedback, listening to user feedback and comments, and still trying to improve it. And maybe you still make incremental improvements to your product, or it could be the case where you have a lot of feedback, a lot of things to change, and you actually just roll that into a whole new version of the product. Maybe that's your 2.0. Maybe it's a new product altogether. There's a lot of different things that you can do with that information, but you have to make sure you're still collecting that after the release of the product. It's not just release it and leave it. That's That would be an example of a non-design thinking approach uh, to product development and to solving problems. Okay, so we have these eight different steps, right? You have empathize, define, ideate, prototype, test, iterate, implement, and learn. So today we're going to dive in a little bit deeper on what it means to empathize. What does this part of the design thinking cycle look like? And this one is, I think it obviously, I mean, it's first, it's one of the most important steps in the whole process. I think it's really important to understand it. And it's something that you can also, you can get some things wrong in it as well. There's ways to, there's definitely ways to do it wrong or to do it less efficiently. But essentially what I would say, the empathize portion of this uh, cycle is, is understanding the user and their problems, but at a deep level. So I think the deep level part of that is the important part of it. We often, you know, you'll hear, oh, this user's having this issue. Uh, this little edge on the, on the product, on the box, let's say, is cutting their hands. So that's the problem. But really, that's, you can have a really surface level understanding of what the user's experience is actually like. And perhaps you think, well, I'm the expert. I've just here this one little issue. I can fix that. We'll move on. Product's going to be good to go. But that's not what this empathize portion is about. That's not what the that's not what it means to empathize well with your users uh, and with the consumers of your product. You need to you really need to dive in at a deeper level and understand what they're going through. So this is first listening very actively and just understanding what they're going through in their own words, what they, how they see the product, how they view the product, what they use it for. And then you start observing them, right? That this is a big part of it where you listen, but people don't always tell you exactly what they do. They don't necessarily tell you exactly what they feel. People often, they don't want to sound dumb, right? You, none of us want to sound dumb. And so if there's a product that you don't really know how to use, you might think, well, everyone else probably understands how to use this. So I'm not going to admit that I don't know what this button does or what this function is. And so in an interview or where you're just listening to someone, they might leave some of those things out just to uh, what they think makes them sound a little bit better, makes them not sound dumb. So you want to observe them use the product as well, because then once they're using it, if there's something they don't understand about it, you're definitely going to, you're going to see that you're going to see, Oh, they never use this function or they tried to use that function at a, at a weird time. I don't know what they're doing there. So observing provides a lot, not necessarily a lot more information than listening, but it can provide more information 
that is left out. A lot of information that is left out during the interviewing or listening uh, portion of empathizing. And then you need to immerse yourself in the environment of what this product is, is being used. If it's something that's used in the kitchen, you need to immerse yourself in the kitchen, use other tools that people, well, it kind of depends what, where you're at. If you're trying to figure out the problem with current solutions, you need to immerse yourself in the kitchen, for example, and use all the current solutions for peeling potatoes or for chopping carrots, all these different things. Uh, you want to immerse yourself in that environment. And even if you have perhaps a product that you already have designed, but you're trying to improve it, iterate on it, or go through another uh, design thinking cycle, you want to, again, immerse yourself in the environment that that product is used in and just start using it. Maybe just if you, uh, you know, it's something that you've designed at work, bring it home and start using it at home. We give it to your kids if it's safe of course give it to your wife or your husband and just start immersing yourself in what it looks like to use this product sometimes it's not possible uh, depending on what you're designing in my work i design these hundred thousand dollar optical cryostats so i'm not i'm not going to be bringing that home but what i can do is go out on the production floor and and I can use our systems for different sorts of testing. We can have them in our product development lab. So you can still be interacting and using these products on hopefully uh, a day-to-day basis or at least frequently to understand what works really well, what doesn't work that well, what's difficult, what problems are you having. And that's going to that's going to inform so much of your next design is just that experience you have with your own product or that experience you have with the problem. So that's how you immerse yourself uh, in this empathy, this empathize uh, portion of the design thinking cycle. It's really, it's listening, it's observing users, and it's also becoming the user and putting yourself in that environment where you can experience all the different problems firsthand. So those are huge parts of what it means to, to do this empathize portion well. But there's a temptation that I mentioned earlier to think of yourself as the expert. And the reason I call this a temptation is you might you might have a tendency to, as the user you're interviewing tells you problems with the product, you might have a tendency to t- start telling them right then, oh, well, you should have done this, or this is obvious, you should have done it this way. And you definitely don't want to do that. You just want to listen. You just want to observe. And you also might think, well, if you're an expert, why don't I don't need to go use this thing every single day, right? Like I designed the thing, like I know it better than anyone else. But those are things you want to avoid. Yes, you might be an expert. You might be the person who designed this, but have you actually used it in all of these different environments? Are you, you might be an expert in the design of it, but you're not necessarily an expert in how the thing is actually used. You're not an expert user. So you really need to put yourself in that world, in that mindset of, okay, if I was using this for the first time, how would I interact with it? If I'm using it every single day, how well does this product actually perform? And just really set that, uh, you know, that set that form of pride and we should have pride in the products we design. We got to set that to the side for a little while and really just try to interact with your product with a fresh set of eyes 
and listen to people without any of your biases, maybe that you're bringing in as the designer, as the creator of this thing. And you want to observe without interrupting people. If they keep doing something wrong, don't jump in like, oh, no, no, you should do it this way. No, you need to watch them and keep observing them doing it this incorrect way and take notes on that. How could you improve that as the designer? How can you make that obvious to someone who uh, doesn't have an expert sitting right there to tell them how to use it, right? So that's one temptation that you you really have to fight, I think, as you're going through this empathy process is don't interrupt, just listen, observe, or just use the product yourself without thinking of yourself necessarily as the expert in that situation. However, there's there's another trap that I think we can definitely fall into. And that's staying in the empathy cycle for too long. I think this is something that you see it in different fields more than others, I would say. I see people getting stuck, even companies getting stuck in this empathy cycle more on perhaps social problems or environmental problems. It's where you just get, you get so obsessed with just understanding the impacts and the people and, and all these problems it's going to cause. And it's going to do this and that. And, and, you know, you'll see newspapers, they just write articles and articles and articles about the problems, the problems, the problem, this person's impacted, this person's impacted, this terrible thing's going to happen. Right. And yeah, you need to understand those things. You need to understand uh, the negative impacts of of the problems that perhaps you're trying to solve as a designer. But boy, you could just really get stuck in that where it's almost like this negative mindset where you just, you kind of get addicted almost to all of these negative things and you just dive deeper and deeper. And, and that can actually, I mean, for one, you spend too much time there. So from a product development or a design standpoint, you're not actually designing the problem or designing the product to solve the problem you're not coming up with a solution. You're just getting stuck in this, it's like a negative empathy cycle in a way. You're just, you're so almost too empathetic. All you can think about is the problem and the negative impacts and, and it's, it's, you know, it's emotional. You're thinking about all these terrible things that could potentially happen to all these people. And it just, it paralyzes you. You get stuck. You don't, you don't, move on to that next step of actually coming up with a solution with coming up with the different things to test. Maybe you don't know the solution right away, but we're going to try this. We're going to try that. We're going to do this. We're going to interview these people give them this product. See if this will help. Right. So it's moving on to that next thing. And there's definitely a, a trap that people fall into of just getting caught up in this empathy cycle. And you just, it's, it's almost like you have, you know, a lot of us will get caught up kind of in these negative thoughts in our own head. You kind of get it on a loop where you just keep thinking of all the ways which perhaps something can go wrong or all the ways that you did something poorly. And you got to break out of that at some point. And it's something that it, it totally happens in this empathy portion of the design thinking cycle as well. So look out for that. And then there's kind of the opposite trap, opposite problem that people fall into and that's where they spend little to no time in this empathy cycle, right? You still have to go through it. You still need to understand and empathize with your users or with the people who are impacted by the problem. There's definitely a level of understanding 
that is required to design a good solution, to, to come up with a good product that meets the user's needs. So you have to spend time there. And that's what, you know, I've been, I've already talked about a lot, all of the different uh, things that you need to do during this empathy cycle. So you need to make sure you plan for that, make sure you budget for it and implement some sort of empathy cycle in your whole design thinking process. Uh, but again, watch out for getting just stuck there. You definitely don't want to get stuck. You need to, as I've said in the past, um, something that's uh, it's very important, I think, to remember, but you need to be empathetic to understand the problem, but then you need to be driven to solve it. And so if you don't have that driven to solve it aspect, if that's also not a strong push, a strong desire for you and your design team, I think that's where you, you could potentially run into problems. That's where you can get stuck in this empathy trap, this empathy cycle, this negative empathy cycle. So definitely something to look out for. And there's another important thing that I want to mention about this. And we have a, perhaps there's a tendency to, to think that, oh, the more I empathize with the user and talk to them, interact with them, they're basically going to tell me what they need. They're going to, they're basically going to tell me what the product should be. And that's not exactly true. They're not going to tell you what to design. They're not going to tell you what the next great product is going to be, right? This is all about understanding what the real problem is, how the users are impacted by that problem, how the users interact with current products or other solutions. And then it allows you as the designer, as somebody who's creative and understands how to design new products that solve problems, you still need to come up with that new product. You still need to be innovative and insightful. And there's more steps in design thinking that help with that. But don't think that you're going to just hear something from a user that's going to be the exact product you need to design. They're not going to tell you what the product is. They shouldn't. The users uh, that you're interviewing shouldn't be driving your product development process. They shouldn't be driving your product roadmap necessarily. The problems should. The the issues that you need to solve. The the things that you need to make more efficient the products that need improving, those can drive your product roadmap. But just the users themselves, the people that you're talking to, the consumers, they're not gonna tell you exactly what the product is. So don't think that, oh, well, if we're just interviewing people and being empathetic, they'll, they'll tell us what they need. They'll tell us what the product's gonna be. Like, no, you still, there's still a lot of work to go from understanding what the problem is and empathizing with these people and knowing firsthand what it feels like to have these same problems and struggle with these things. Going from that to the actual product that is going to solve these problems and you know sell well and drive your company's revenue, there's a lot of work to do in between those two. So definitely keep that in mind that you're not looking at the user to tell you exactly what to, to design, right? They're not the head of product development. They're not your product manager but their information, their data, their useful inputs, their, or their critical inputs into understanding what actually needs to be solved. So that's about all I have on this first step in the design thinking process. Uh, it, you could call it a primary principle of what design thinking is. 
And it's this ability, this process of empathizing with your users, empathizing with the people who are experiencing the problem that you're trying to solve. Uh, it's really just understanding the needs and the perspectives of the users. Uh, and then also anyone who is a stakeholder, uh, just understanding what their needs and perspectives are and how important it is to solve those problems. Really just empathizing and feeling the pain, the struggles, the inefficiencies of what they're going through. And so to end this episode on empathy, I want to, again, just restate what I said earlier in one of my Design 30 principles, which is you need to be empathetic to understand the problem, but driven to solve it. And that last part, part is really important, driven to solve it. So I'm gonna leave it there for today. Have a great Monday and a great week. And as always, remember, design more, despair less. Thanks for listening.